0: Welcome back to Quest for Gold, We're less than 80 days from the Summer Games in Tokyo and Japanese government officials are taking a hard look at possibly extending the country's state of emergency. Back on April 25th, the government imposed a state of emergency to run through May 11th due to a surge in new COVID-19 cases. That could be extended if government officials think that would best prevent outbreaks ahead of the July 23rd opening ceremonies. The state of emergency is in place for Japan's urban areas, including Tokyo. One of the concerns is the availability of medical staff. Tokyo Olympics organizers are asking 500 nurses to be dispatched to help out with the Games, but many of those nurses are already at a breaking point dealing with the new surges in Tokyo and Osaka. Olympic officials want to have 10,000 medical workers on staff for the Games. The IOC has announced it's Barring All Black Lives Matter athletic apparel at the Summer Games. The organization says it's part of their longstanding ban on demonstration or political, religious, or racial propaganda. Words like peace, respect, solidarity, and inclusion will be allowed. The IOC hasn't said what punishment there will be for those who violate the rule. The IOC also announcing this week it will be receiving COVID-19 vaccines from Pfizer and BioNTech to help vaccinate athletes and others associated with the upcoming games. Seattle Seahawks speedster DK Metcalf is considering a run at the games this summer. He'll be competing at the USA Track and Field Golden Games and Distance Open this weekend in the 100-meter dash. He's listed as a participant on the USA Track and Field website. He dropped a tweet this week where he's seen dropping track shoes onto a starting line. The Pro Bowler last ran track competitively in high school. USA Baseball still does not have a roster filled out for the Olympic qualifiers but they've got dates and opponents on the calendar. Manager Mike Sosha and his team will take on Nicaragua in a Baseball America's Qualifier on Memorial Day in Port Lucy, Florida. They'll then play the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico the following days in Florida. Chicago Bulls standout Zach Levine has returned to the NBA after missing weeks of play due to COVID-19. Levine says he spent most of his sick time watching movies, playing video games, and working on his golf swing while in isolation. He is part of the player pool for the U.S. Olympic roster. A team will be named in June or July. The FIVB Beach Volleyball World Tour wrapped up in Cancun this week, finishing third on the women's side. The once again Olympic-bound April Ross, as well as her teammate Alex Kleinman. I had a chance to talk with April via Zoom while she was in Mexico. She's got two Olympic medals at home. But she's hoping to get her first gold in Tokyo. Last time I saw you actually in Chicago, 2019, September, uh, you won the AVP. Congratulations, uh, oh, a year and a half late. Thank you. Uh, on that, <laughs> um, you, you guys were rolling uh, at that point. Um, you know, fast forward six months later, and obviously the pandemic hits. Um, walk, walk me through those first few months um, that the pandemic hit, whether it is to where you were at the time, where you had to hunker down, where you had to train, just kind of walk me through that, that kind of weird period.
1: Yeah. You know, we felt like we were kind of on a roll going into coming out of 2019, going into 2020, um, kind of on pace for the Olympics. Um, and then, you know, things, the writing on the wall kind of appeared and I was in denial, but um, Alex and Jen were kind of like, you know, I don't know um, about the Olympics. They might get postponed, all this stuff. We kind of went full, full speed ahead, trying to, trying to prepare. Um, then, it, you know, obviously we were asked to self-quarantine for two weeks and um, kind of committed to doing that. We'll get right back to it and then they ended up obviously postponing the games. Um, And it was tough in some ways and um, kind of good in some ways. So the main way it was tough was uh, we kind of lost two of our coaches. So our head coach and the coach of USA both had other commitments that they were um, going to uh, after the Olympics. And because they got postponed, they were still committed. They had to you know, go on with their lives and their next uh, opportunities. So we had to find a new coach. Um, But at the same time, we were dealing with some injuries, and um, it really allowed us to take care of those injuries because we were kind of worried about them.
0: When that moment came and they said, you know what, we're going to push it back a year, were you thinking to yourself, this is good news, I'm, I'm excited, we're going to do this? Did you ever pause and think, I don't know if I could do 2021?
1: Oh, no, I never had that thought. Like, I can't do it. It's and I, I'm, you know, I kind of pride myself on being a little bit go with the flow, especially with external um, situ- factors, things that you can't control. Um, and like I said, it was, it was kind of apparent, we had some warnings that it was going to happen. And so I think I was mentally preparing myself. So when they actually did postpone, I was kind of like, okay, you know, immediately, how can we find um, ways that this will help us? What What is the positive here? And what's the silver lining? And, kind of just viewed it like that and put it in perspective and, you know, figured out how to deal with it.
0: Was it important for you during this pandemic to, uh, keep a consistent schedule or did you want to use this as an opportunity to just completely decompress, maybe take some time off, let the body heal, try to binge on Netflix or whatever, just to, you know, kind of, you know, recuperate uh, after your long stretch.
1: We talked about it and, um, I thought it was important to kind of do both. So keep a routine, um, especially for sanity, um, but also use it as a little bit of time to reflect and recover. Um, wanted to make sure I stayed in shape. It was really hard to get, um, full on volleyball training because we were stuck inside. Luckily I have a front yard and was able to do a little bit out there, but mainly physically in shape. And so um, got some gym equipment in, in my garage and lifted really heavy and, and did some conditioning. And I felt like I stayed on that. But then also, yeah, watched the shows and took long breakfasts and enjoyed my coffee and, and recovered a little bit mentally.
0: I guess the hard part when you're training by yourself, I mean, you can find weights, you can run, you can do those kind of things. But touches on a ball, I guess, are a little bit different, huh?
1: They're a little different. Um, luckily, I have two roommates who play volleyball as well. And so we came up with some fun drills, put a, a volleyball net up in the front yard. Um, it's not sand, it's grass and um, created some ways to, to make it a little bit more effective.
0: I, I want to get to, to the, the upcoming games. I know you've teamed up with, with Lily to talk about something that's uh, near and dear to your hearts. Um, and, and it impacted your life and, you know, obviously uh, impacted your mother's. Talk, talk to me a little bit about uh, some of the things that you've been promoting here um, as far as awareness goes with, uh, with stage four breast cancer.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm really excited about my partnership with Eli Lilly. Um, they're allowing me to, you know, keep my mom's memory alive and talk about her story and Um, how she inspired me because she's still a huge inspiration for me when I'm playing on the court. And, um, I really, you know, obviously wish that she was able to see me compete in the Olympics, which she wasn't able to do. She passed away when I was 19. And so I'm working with Lily and just excited about how dedicated they are to creating, you know, treatment options like for Zenio that have the possibility of prolonging, um, the life of, of certain people, of people with certain types of metastatic breast cancer so that they can have those memories with their family and friends. And, um, you know, obviously that's near and dear to my heart. And, um, yeah, so we're doing a couple of things and I'm just excited to be able to spread that awareness with a platform like the Olympics coming up.
0: How did, how did her struggle intertwine with, with your rise in volleyball? I mean, that it came at a time when you were, you were very much ingrained in the sport, I'm sure, but that had to be tough. Was, was volleyball an escape from what was going on with her health, or was it a uh, motivation for you? Maybe a combination of both.
1: I think in different ways at different times. Um, you know, I do credit her for getting me into volleyball, I was really worried about it. And, um, I was playing soccer and worried about losing all my friends. And she really reassured me that everything would be okay if I chose volleyball. So I went with volleyball. So that was kind of like the first way. Um, and then, yeah, in college, uh, it was extremely tough and, um, she passed away my sophomore year. Um, I obviously, want would rather her be here and see me play um it was it was tough dealing with the grief of that and my grade slipped uh did not do so well volleyball wise that year um and kind of got to a point where i had to sit down and be like you know, what would my mom want me to do in the wake of her passing? Like what would make her proud? And I recommitted to, you know, going to class and, and caring about my grades and doing my homework and, um, you know, being dedicated to the sport and, and, you know, taking care of my health. Um, And I ended up getting really good grades after that and we won two national championships. So I feel like her memory kind of drove me to um, push myself and, and, do things that she would be proud of. And she always taught me to do while she was alive. Um, And then to this day, kind of looking back on her journey with metastatic breast cancer and um, all the ways that she sacrificed and was strong and showed courage and bravery. It's like, I'm playing beach volleyball. Like I can do those things on the court. You know, she was strong enough to do those. I'm going to draw on that and use it as inspiration when I'm out there competing
0: i I'm guessing that that the technology now and the advancements have are better than than they were then, so that it there's an opportunity now for people to to head this off maybe at a quicker pace than they were when when your mom was suffering from it
1: exactly, and you know that's one of the reasons why you know i'm excited to talk about this stuff, and it's really important for people going through it and living with the metastatic disease to understand that there are treatment options out there available for them. And specifically this one, um, from Eli Lilly, Verzenio that I'm working with.
0: How good are you feeling about, uh, 2021 here that they're going to happen? I mean, we, we it seems like every week we're hearing something new from someone who's trying to start a rumor. Does that play a toll with you mentally, as far as, um, you know, your training and, and whether it's worth the effort that you're putting in right now? That
1: never goes through my mind. Um, you know, if anything, it really centers me in the present moment because I'm not sure what's going to happen. So it's pointless to kind of speculate. It's we focus on what we're doing now and being the best that we can be and, and hoping for the best and being ready to go if they do happen. And I'm feeling positive that they will, um, you know, and I support obviously, the world health organization, the CDC doing what they need to do to control COVID and, and to look out for the health of, you know, the world in general. So, um, you know, I leave it in the hands of the experts. I'm just hoping that we get to go and, um, planning on being ready for
0: it. Have you, I, and I I don't know where you're at in the process, but have you been vaccinated? Are you getting vaccinated?
1: I have been vaccinated twice. Yeah. I have both shots. Um, Yeah. And, you know, it's part of the plan of being ready to go. And I don't want to take any any chances of of getting it or getting it and still be testing positive months later at the Olympics. So we just decided to get it.
0: Are you feeling good about the the protocols that have been put in place by USOPC and IOC as far as how this is all going to go down the safety uh, surrounding the games?
1: I feel really confident in it. And, you know, we're like, we're in a bubble right now in Cancun. We have three events and um, we're at this hotel for three weeks. And the precautions they're taking here are really strict. And all the athletes understand, you know, this is, this is a blessing that we get to be competing at the moment. So um, we're all trying to adhere to all the rules. And I think at the Olympics, there's so much on the line, like you do not want to get it at the Olympics and get disqualified because of that. So I, I just feel like everyone's going to be on their game, following the rules, doing whatever it takes to stay healthy. So I, I'm really confident in their ability to pull it off.
0: Your sport is one where fan participation is a big part of it. So this is going to be kind of weird. Have you have you participated in front of like empty stadiums per se? Or I, I mean, what, what has this been like during the uh, the lead up to and, and knowing that there may not be at least foreign fans at the the games coming up?
1: Yeah, I mean, it. it that is tough. I completely understand it and support it, but um, it's so great to have your family and friends at the games with you and they've supported you for so long. It's kind of like they get to go to the Olympics also. So that's, that's a tough part. Um, I think, you know, we're at this point, we're used to playing with no fans and not with our friends and family there. We had um, a three week kind of bubble last summer with the AVP, our domestic tour, Um, and no fans there, um, here in Cancun, it's just athletes. We had another event in Doha, Qatar. There was just kind of athletes, no, no fans allowed. And I don't mind it. Um, I think it's just easier to focus on this, on what you're doing, playing volleyball. There's no, you know, not as much distractions going on. Um, and at the same time, you know, if, if and when we get to go to the Olympics, you know how many people are watching on TV. So you still have that drive to perform and play your best and all, all that stuff. So I, I think it's
0: OK. How are you going to take these next few months? Are you already envisioning yourself on the podium uh, in Tokyo or do you have to take this step by step? I know it, it goes different for different athletes. Some need to have that vision and some need to take it step by step. How do you usually go about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, so we've been qualifying now for two and a half years or so. Um, And until you're qualified, you are just like so focused in the moment on each match and and tournament. And we were able to mathematically qualify after our last event. And so we're kind of transitioning now a little bit to visualizing, you know, how do we want to be at the games and being on top of the podium at the end. And um, so, yeah, trying to, Shift our focus there while at the same time being all in in these tournaments and working on what we need to work on to to be where we want to be so it's a little bit different now, but um, definitely i can 't even help myself like i'm visualizing being on the top of the i 'm working out, and if I lack a little bit of motivation, I just picture you know being on the top of the podium and that 's all I need to to get going.
0: Have you already cleared space for the medal <laughs> i do
1: I do have space for the medal. Um, <laughs> My previous two hang on a moose that's mounted on my wall, a ceramic moose, and it has antlers. So it has plenty of room for more metals.
0: Where can people follow you on social media?
1: Yeah, I'll be posting stuff on my social media. It's April Ross Beach on um, Instagram and Twitter, and I believe it's the same on Facebook as well. So
0: that's where it'll be. Well, good luck to you. We'll be watching. I promise. Okay,
1: I appreciate it.
0: She and Alex finished third, so did Phil Dullhauser and Nick Lucina on the men's side. They're trying to close the gap on Taylor Crabb and Jake Gibb to get that second U.S. bid for Tokyo. We talked to Phil back in 2019. Take a listen in episode seven. We've attached a link. We'll keep following news on Tokyo and Team USA as we march closer to the games. I'm Ryan Burrow. This is Quest for Gold. We'll see you next week.